0: Can we develop healthy self-esteem without crossing the line to inflated egos? This is Rabbi Yitzchak Price with another episode of Tachos Talks, growth-oriented, partial-related Torah podcasts. We're up to the Torah portion of Tazria, and Tazria opens with the issue related to purity and impurity associated with birth, elements of impurity related to various markings on the body, Complex topic manner, but the medrash at the beginning of Tazria points to the fact that here we're focusing on the impurity related to the human body. We've already focused in past parshas on impurity related to animal bodies, the animals we may and may not eat, tameh and tahor, actual elements of impurity related to, let's say, the carcass of an animal or certain rodents. The progression. Dealing with animal first and then man matches the progression of creation. Animal first and then man. In fact, everything first and then man. And as the Medrash points out, man comes to a world where we can look at this from two perspectives. If you are deserving, man, Adam, humanity, look at this beautiful spread. Everything is ready for you. You are the pinnacle of creation and everything is in place by the time you get here. But If you're not deserving, the message is you think you're so great, the little bug was created before you. And as the Medrash and commentaries building on the Medrash point to the fact that we can easily kind of shift back and forth at different stages of life, and different human beings have very different perspectives, and we are meant to view the world with this message of it's all ready for you. I want the world to facilitate your growth because you are the supreme of all the elements of creation. And yet, to be potentially uh, critiqued and put in your place if you abuse what it means to be at the top of the chart and you have the inflated ego and you get carried away with that and understand the pettiness that everything else preceded you. And the torah that is associated with the parsha of Tazria, which actually this week, particularly, there are multiple readings due to the fact that it's also Rosh Chodesh and we're about to usher in, uh, we're ushering in the month of Nisan. So there are various other readings which will impact on what haftarah is being read. But the haftorah that is associated with the parsha of Tazria shares a story that can help us get perspective on pride, inflated ego, the mistake and the danger in it and hopefully kind of um, inspire us to balance properly these issues of esteem and ego naaman was the name of a general of an enemy nation a neighboring nation to israel nation of amon and naaman was stricken with what i'll probably maybe mistakenly refer to as leprosy it's called saras but something that has similarities to leprosy and although it's not the medical, a real parallel to leprosy, it's often translated that way, but he's stricken with this saras, which again, we'll call leprosy. And he has a Jewish maidservant, basically a woman who was captured from the uh, Israelite camp. And she recommends that he go to the Jewish prophet, Elisha, because this, and again, the reason we can't really call it leprosy, this malady that was manifest on the body was rooted in a spiritual source and although, truth be told, all physical maladies are tied to some element of a spiritual source, but this Saras was rather unique in the fact that the remedies and the therapy, the whole process was related to addressing spiritual issues, not physical issues. And although the Saras described in our portion, might be limited to Israel, to Jews living in Israel, it's not so simple as to what the ramifications would be for others in other circumstances. But she understood there might be a parallel over here. And in fact, as we discover the story, there certainly was. So she recommends go to the, the prophet of Israel. Now, Naaman, he was a person of note, a person of high rank. And he expects, if I'm going to put out word that I'm coming to visit Mr. Prophet, Rabbi Prophet, Dr. Prophet over there in Israel, I'm expecting that... He's going to be, wow, Naaman's coming to me. I better make sure to provide him a, an appropriate welcome and roll out the red carpet and see to it that we have uh, you know p- parallel generals and dignitaries, uh, photo ops, but nothing of the kind happens. And Elisha basically simply sends a message to Naaman, rather dismissive of his rank nobility, no no grandeur over here, sends a message to Naaman tell him to go uh, and to dunk himself in the Jordan River. Namon can handle this. Namon who I'm not used to being treated as a commoner and telling me to go into the Jordan River, that's a puny little river. I've got better baths and spas back in Amon. He's not treating me like who I am. He's not treating my situation as significant and he is therefore dismissive himself of Alicia's directive. But here, his inflated ego is getting in the way of what really would provide his therapy. And its borders on on suicidal are certainly uh, causing himself further pain and aggravation in the fact that he has his pride get in the way of the practical. His ego gets in the way of what will actually be effective and what can provide him that real cure. Commentaries describe work, I believe the text uh, Masok Bahamaur, describes that we can get a better understanding in why it is that Naaman has such an inflated ego from an earlier story within his life. And in an earlier situation when Naaman was just a regular soldier, there was a battle in which the Jewish king Ahav was uh, involved with a battle against Amon. Ahav knew that they would try to go after him as the king, so he Dressed as if he was just a general member of the military, a soldier, as if he was nobody special. Naaman, without particularly trying to kill Achav because Achav is a king, but simply shooting at soldiers from the Jewish camp, sends an arrow which ends up killing Achav. And Naaman is propelled with that assassination of the king Achav, propelled up the ranks, elevated, celebrated you're the hero, you killed the king of the, uh, of the opposing army. And that is what projected Ahav up that ladder uh, to the point that he became the general. Now, if you think about it, did Ahav Did sorry, did Naaman really deserve to be elevated, to be deemed such a hero? It was a rather random act. Everybody was shooting at soldiers. He happens to have killed the king, but he made a mistake. Which sounds rather far fetched until you think about it. Maybe, of in his own mind, deluding himself to think, "Hey, I really am special. Look what I did." I recall in a situation that I was once bumped up into a uh, first class situation, or ended up being provided a first class ticket on an international flight. Very comfortable. I you know can get used to that very quickly, but I recall for like a moment having a sense of, like, oh, wow, like, like this is where I belong. And like looking at others as they were being shuttled over to uh, the coach class or others that I knew were on the same flight in coach class It's like, huh, like for a moment, having this like sense that I, I'm somebody special. I deserve this. This is who I am. <laughs> it's not who I am, but right? that's not been the hasn't been repeated in the past 20 or 30 flights, um, but in that context, It's very easy when something rather arbitrary, at least what in our mind's eye seems as arbitrary, has us experiencing something that, oh, this is kind of reflective of some special caliber, special elevation, and oh, I think that's me. I'm of a greater caliber. I'm of a greater elevation. I deserve this. This is fitting to me. Naaman has this delusion of the fact and maybe even because of the fact that it's not really earned is that he is so protective of this sense of being this celebrated general. You have to remember who I am because who I am is reflective of, of what exactly, but can't really answer that. And therefore all the more protective of that rank and the dignity and being given the honors and special white glove treatment. And when it doesn't come his way, he. Loses out big time by not being able to accept that Naaman, relative to Elisha, the prophet of Israel, relative to the God of Israel, who Elisha will be uh, turning to ultimately to provide you this remedy, you're just Naaman, a guy. Not somebody who innately deserves any special attention. That of this message of Naaman, the issue over here in our parasha of humanity. Humanity, Adam, you, each of us, you are special enough that you deserve to know that everything was prepared for you at the same time. Don't let it get to your head. How do we balance that? There's a line attributed to the, I believe, um, great early Hasidic thinker. That shame, just as a person must believe in God, so too, once he does It's a mitzvah to believe in himself. We should believe in ourselves. We have to believe in ourselves. It's imperative. But the sequence over here is very significant. Once we appreciate that there is a God, then we must believe in ourselves. And who are we? We are those who are so special because we are created in God's image. We have the capacity to mimic God's ways. We have the capacity to be God-like personalities. That makes us special to the degree we acknowledge, recognize that there is that God and our greatness is associated with him. We have the capacity to be linked with the infinite and that makes us infinite. We have the capacity to be uh, personalities that project God-like behaviors to this world and makes us godly. That, starting with that point, allows the person I am the pinnacle of creation because of the fact that I have a task, I have a job, I have a role in being a godlike personality in this world and bringing the God message to the rest of the world and portraying what it means to be a God-connected personality. Keeping that in mind gives us the capacity to appreciate our specialness, to bear that in mind without allowing ourselves to have an ego that gets inflated and we just kind of get drift away like the balloon, because it's anchored in something meaningful. My specialness is anchored in my relationship with God. So it doesn't lead to being haughty. It doesn't lead to being um, that naman who can't handle the fact you're not treating me appropriately, because it's my greatness, my self-esteem is related to the fact that am I in this moment warranting it because of the fact that I'm doing what God wants me to do? Am I doing that which makes humanity special. That makes me Adam, which by the way, Adam, much as it reflects being from the earth, there's a concept that it also reflects the word of Adam, I can be like my master. And the words, Adamah, I'll be like the one up above, which were in one context said very inappropriately when Nebuchadnezzar uh, is quoted as saying this line, Adamah, I'm going to get up there, I can be like God. He was saying it as as a coup, as a takeover, as who's God, I can be great. But the same line can be said, I will make myself like the one who's up there. I recognize there's one who's up there. I recognize that there's a God who is ultimately supreme, but he made me as the supreme being in this creation down here because I can link myself to him and utilize that whole world that he laid out in front of me to be resources in my portraying godliness to the world. In so doing, if we become the type of people who look at the world that God created for us and understand that all of the resources that are there, the talents he provided for us, everything that becomes part of our life circumstance can be used to develop into a properly, healthily um, developed sense of what it means, the esteem that comes with being Adam without any of that negative, inflated, inappropriate ego then we will be the type of people who will be far more likely to achieve that Adam focused tactless.